0: Hi, everybody. I'm Erin Rees. I'm coming to you from my substack as well as my Spotify and YouTube occasional podcast called Truth and Consciousness. And today I'm very excited to present to you a special guest that we will see very shortly, Natalia Blagova. She is from Zurich, Switzerland, but originally from Sofia, Bulgaria, Uh, We are going to be talking today about the transformational power of systemic constellations. Systemic constellations, also known as family constellations or organizational constellations, originated from a man named Bert Hellinger from Germany. And if you can imagine what a constellation of stars in the sky looks like, In systemic constellations, we use human representatives in roles or objects either on the screen or pieces of paper or with figures or other tokens to represent different elements in a constellated situation, a topic, a theme, a family, and it is a phenomenological experience, a direct experience that can help us to unearth deep-seated issues in a family or an organization or a government or a global situation. So I originally met Natalia through an online community devoted to increasing global consciousness. And Natalia was offering these constellations online. This was a couple of years ago. I found it to be just as effective as the work that I had done personally in my um in-person experience with Constellations, and so Natalia and I have continued to work together uh, over the past couple of years. I've been incredibly impressed with her clarity and her competence with this modality, and she is going to arrive very shortly on the video to explain more about this technique. And before we get into Natalia's uh, information and her side of systemic constellations, I wanted to share with you, the audience, a little bit about my own personal experience with this modality and how it came to me. So at the time that I first heard about constellations, this was in early 2010, so about almost 14 years ago, it was January of 2010, I was living and studying in India in South India at the time. And I experienced a traumatic event, a violent crime. I was uh, part of a violent crime situation in India and I found myself extremely uh, scared, alone, traumatized, activated, and in shock. I was in a very high spiritual place in my life. This wasn't anything that I expected to have happened to me where I was living. And I didn't have anyone to talk to because I was pretty much living as a renunciate by myself. And I found my way to the holy mountain of Arunachala in South India, which is where the ashram of Ramana Maharshi is. This is part of the lineage of Advaita or non-duality that I come from. And there I met a woman who was also part of the same lineage, our teacher, Ramesh Balseker, uh, we have in common. And this woman was from Germany and she was uh, a psychotherapist and she was also trained in this, this system called Family Constellations. She had done some training with the founder, Bert Hellinger, in Germany. And because I was in so much shock, I honestly didn't know if I should leave India after being there for several years, or if I should try to stay, there was so much integration that needed to happen. So she offered to do this constellation f- for me, and it, she would stand on pieces of paper that represented certain elements in this traumatic event. And through that process, we could see the underlying dynamics of the elements, such as the victim and the perpetrator of the crime, as well as how this situation was a part of a hologram or a fractal of my own personal life story, life story experience. And I was totally stunned by how much the constellation revealed. It revealed a direction of what was where I was going or what was needed, a theme and a potential solution where my spirit needed me to go next for the highest good of my own evolution and my trajectory. And this woman and I entered what is called the morphic field, which, as Natalia will explain more, has access to all information and the underpinnings of existence and revealing the true roots and causes and true motivations for actions and the appearances of causes and effects. To me, this work is a form of almost being as if a shaman or a channel. Uh, It's very somatic and it can access information in the body as well as ancestral epigenetic memory. My second experience with constellations was shortly thereafter. A few months later, I was still coming out of this traumatic experience, and I met a woman in the same area that was from Croatia, who had also trained in constellation work in Germany, and we were continuing with my theme of healing. And in this particular constellation, she would use not pieces of paper, but actual Uh, items, such as a coffee mug, or a pair of sunglasses, or a pencil, to represent certain elements in my own personal family history. And this was about the time that I was getting ready to leave India, uh, to go back to the West, and I was planning to go through Germany, which is where my father is from. And here we were able to see unseen parts of the family wounding and what was needed to be seen, not to try to force a solution, but to make space to allow for a new equilibrium to occur within the family lineage. Uh, One family member in particular was seen as being excluded from the process of healing and integration in the family line and through that work it became very clear that they needed to be seen no matter how bereft the situation how gloomy the situation how traumatized the situation by being seen what I mean is acknowledged within the constellation and what happened next was so profound for me as I found my way back in Germany, back visiting the family, the resolution in the family was so profoundly connected to what had happened in that constellation in South India, I was was, uh, convinced that this was work that I needed to understand more. I started to undergo some basic trainings and learning how to do this work myself in California when I finally returned. And then when I met Natalia, I was so excited to see that she was bringing together people from all around the world to do work, not just with family structures, not with individual trauma, but with global situations, with things like global values and governments and media, um, war, peace, artificial intelligence, things like this. In addition to some smaller constellations and seeing what was needed regarding health and wellness, for example, or around people's uh, individual businesses. So in these circumstances, with Natalia, we would use a computer program wherein we could see individuals being represented on the screen. So I'm offering this to my readers and viewers and listeners today as a very, very powerful tool that you are invited to participate in personally or and or collectively for your own healing, your own evolution with the understanding that as we do one thing, we do all things and what you are able to focus on individually will have an impact in the global community. So without further ado, I'd like to turn the talk over now to my conversation with Natalia Blagova, and here we go. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. This is Erin Reese. I'm coming to you from my Substack as well as my occasional podcast, Truth and Consciousness. And today I have a very special guest that I'd like to introduce to you, Natalia Blagova, Blagova. Perfect. Hello Natalia. <laughs>
1: Hello Erin. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Good evening.
0: Good evening. Natalia is in Zurich, Switzerland. She's originally from Sofia, Bulgaria.
1: Yes. Yes, yes that's correct. And which, today we're which going to adds, adds a yes. lot to my uh, to the colours in my story. Yes. <laughs> I experience very different systems, yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. And today we're going to introduce to my readers and our listeners about the transformational power of systemic constellations, the way that we've used them for uh, personal evolution and for global consciousness evolution. Is that right?
1: Yes, correct. Yeah. And it's my pleasure to talk with you about this. We've known each other now for quite a while. I don't know how much, is it two years now maybe? Yeah, about two years. Yeah, it's amazing how time flies, but we've been doing a lot of constellations together and uh, experimenting actually. And uh, I'm very grateful for your participation and uh, contribution and support. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to know you. And I was so lucky to to meet Natalia through an online global community that is dedicated to consciousness and evolution. And when I found out that Natalia was offering online constellations, I immediately jumped at the chance. And I've really enjoyed the fact that you have been able to bring together people from my experience in the last couple of years, at least 20 different countries that I've seen.
1: Yes. And that's so important in today's world because Uh, we need to connect to each other. We need to experience actually how much we're the same, how much we share common values. Because in today's world of division and separation, we often forget that. That, That's one side of the story. The other side of the story is we have so much to learn from each other. Uh, And uh, we can help each other so much to expand our awareness, our knowledge about the world. And we need it so much today because all of us, when we just so much happening, it's so complex, but it's very easy to get into this um, group thinking, actually. So so we are uh, driven by the communities we're part of or the countries we're part in. So uh, I've been experimenting and connecting with people globally and i i think it's amazing it's just uh it's beautiful because it really expands us and uh the the most important thing is feeling this how connected we are no no matter how old how wealthy how i don't know tall how educated none of it matters when we connect heart to heart actually Mm -hmm. Uh, and we need this so much today. We need yes. to experience this connection. Yeah,
0: uh, I agree very much. And I feel like the people that I've connected with through you and this work about constellations, which we'll we'll discuss in a moment what that is, has given me a network of people that I would consider friends. And and truly, like you said, this heart to heart feeling. I feel that there's a heart uh, link around the globe. So that's that's wonderful for me very much, personally. Thank you.
1: Thank you as well. Thank you very much for, for, yeah. for saying it, but also your contribution to mm-hmm. making it possible and to supporting the group that has actually formed. It's one of the best things
0: about the internet.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And to me also... I mean, we're going to talk more about constellations, but one of the things I really loved about the fact that we're connecting online uh, is we can see how connected we are energetically without sharing. Because before COVID and before uh, all this online experience that we gathered throughout the last years, people were very skeptical. Actually, 90 Five percent of practitioners in the field of constellations were claiming that this work cannot be done online, mm. and and actually we were kind of forced to to move. I have done it even before that, but for most people it wasn't. Uh, they thought it, it we need you need to be in one space basically, but as we started doing, we realized. How not important in order for us to connect our geographical physical proximity actually has zero almost it's not fully unimportant, but Mm -hmm. very, very insignificant compared to the experience of energetic spiritual connection through the computer. I mean, it's incredible.
0: Mhm mhm <laughs> wonderful.
1: Well maybe we should get
0: started by talking a little bit about I mean well whatever you feel most inclined to present first telling us a little bit about yourself and your own personal background and or what is what is constellation work. So where would you like to begin?
1: So maybe let me just very briefly introduce myself okay. and I'm going to start by something uh that I found out today, but I find very interesting for me at least. So we said that I'm uh, from Bulgaria originally. And actually today, so, so we scheduled this conversation totally based on our uh, mutually <laughs> busy schedule, right? But, but there was no other special meaning. And then today I realized that it's the very, a very special day in my country. It's my it's one of the most beautiful holidays. It's not like an official holiday, but it is widely celebrated and the it's the day of the of um, people who contribute to awakening uh, people who contribute to education, enlightenment but in, in, and in general contribution to, Humanity and to culture and to spirituality in general. So some even some call it the day of the uh, people awakening. Other people I cannot fully translate it. And some call it the day of spirituality out of that. So so I thought very quick, cannot be more. I mean, from my perspective, <laughs> a more beautiful day to 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 meet and talk with you than this day. So so. I feel it's Perfect. A very nice Queen yeah it's November. actually
0: <clears throat> in in this culture uh we have uh, I'm maybe it's something similar but we we call it All Saints Day today is November first
1: yes they're connected but somehow they've uh, taken it to another level so historically culturally they are connected it's connected to that same but somehow in addition to that we celebrate the other part which is very very interesting uh,
0: yeah it's perfect
1: <laughs> yeah so, so in terms of um me and my journey to, to systemic constellation so basically i was brought up in a socialist or communist country <laughs> you can uh, say mm-hmm. uh and i've experienced the transformation so i was relatively uh I mean, not that young anymore, so an adult, when the transition happened. And I consider this transformation, I used to think that this, this will be the biggest transformation I'll ever experience, this transition from uh, communism to capitalism, from planned economy to market economy, which is huge in terms of, it, it, it goes deep into the values and culture of a society, and it changes everything. But today, <laughs> I'm actually with, with all of us are part of another big transformation. And it's much bigger than that one for me. But what's interesting is a lot of my, let's call it wisdom, comes from having experienced the first one. Because the principles are very much the same of how it happens, how it parts of it are maybe orchestrated. <laughs> Uh, so the prince, how fear and media is used to manipulate people, attention in one direction when some- something else is happening. So I feel so, for. I didn't always feel fortunate for-, for having been part of it, but today I feel very fortunate to have experienced that. Um, and-, and you're from uh, come- a place
0: called Sofia, which is meanings wisdom.
1: It actually means (laughs) it's very interesting as well. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, in my personal professional history, so basically I have 20 years of what I would call executive management with different international positions. Uh, And I went through all stages of startup, scale up, becoming international, becoming part of big corporation. So I really saw different organizational types and how they influence human relations and values Mm -hmm. and culture. And all this was in the context of Eastern Europe, but in a North American company. Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, my partner was American and then we became part of a big North American corporation. So basically, I was constantly in between different cultures, which was very uh it very much helped me uh become more aware or, or or gave me perspective to things that you don't always get when you're just in one place which i'm sure you know very well having had the international uh, tra- mm-hmm. traveling that you've done um so basically, after these years, I decided to go into management consulting, training, coaching, and my focus was on leadership, authentic, authentic leadership, culture, values, things like that. And that journey into management consulting led me to constantly—I wasn't happy actually with the work. I was—I mean, people were happy with what I was doing; it was meaningful but I was not seeing the result I wanted to see. And, and there was this invisible limitations that I couldn't always um, understand or be able to help. So sometimes I would see the limitations, but that doesn't mean the person I'm trying to help can be there mm-hmm. with me and see the same and do some change. And then I experienced systemic constellations, and that's when it started for me. I actually started with organizational constellations, so I understood that many big corporations actually use it, while we still think that it's uh, it's kind of a, I don't know a special thing, a bit unclear what it is. Actually, a lot of big corporations are silently using. Yes. So and, let's uh,
0: talk about uh, what it
1: is. Let's talk about what it is. So, um, so I'm gonna say first how it started. So, it started with somebody called Bert Hellinger. He was initially a German priest, who
0: a German uh, priest, yes, he was a priest,
1: Catholic priest.
0: Wow. Okay. In
1: the beginning of his life, yeah, Uh but his journey led him to completely different aspects of the career so he stepped down from the church and he went more into psychology yes but then his journey led him to africa and he spent time with the Zulu tribes and he spent time i believe he was teaching there like something different he just went there to as a to experience the culture but also to help i think mm-hmm. and his um inner desire to help somehow with, with uh, um i mean the, the the desire that moved him to psychology was merged with the knowledge and experiences he saw from the aboriginal people there and this gave birth to something which was initially called just family constellations. So he specifically focused on intergenerational problems or challenges, not not just problems, but also opportunities, let's say, but basically on the family system. So he, he was inspired by how the African people he was with were Honoring the family systems, their ancestors, and was seeing connections. And they were really... The the connection with the people that were there before them was very much alive. And they were very much aware how things that have happened in previous generations are impacting us today. So this was the first thing that really inspired him, I think. And then... um, also, they had some practices, um, which could be con- connected to the way we do table constellations today. So basically using objects to represent elements of a system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were doing something like this, I think with bones. I- I- I'm not fully wow. aware of all the details, but they were doing something. So. What he did, he often by the way, he didn't speak a lot about this. And some people are saying it's because he has very much respect to the traditions of the the people there. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want uh kind of to have people disrespectfully being too curious into their practices, neither he wanted to, I think, present himself as somebody who is fully understanding their traditions. So, so he had that respect to that. But based on his experience, the knowledge gathering, he started experiment, experimenting. So he started experimenting. So basically we say that systemic constellations developed in a phenomenological way, which means through experience, through um,
0: experience. Direct experience.
1: Direct experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so nothing that he came up with was based on science or research in the traditional way do it. He just started experimenting. And he was specifically interested in family system. This was his thing. And he was, I think until the end of his life, he was mostly, that was what he was doing, family constellations. Then he developed a whole line of students who started exploring other aspects? So, so basically, uh, they realized that the same principles that work between generations, mm-hmm. they work in any, any, on any level of any living system. So basically, um, systemic constellations allow us to zoom in in a specific part of a system. So it's not about seeing the whole thing, which in general, it's not possible to be um, experienced or seen at the same time. Everything is so big, right, and complex, but it's about zooming in on a particular level. So today we use the constellations to understand better in a personal thing. So, So basically we can at for the relationships, we be- we can become aware of inner things within us. So we can constellate the connection between our heart and mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we can constellate how we relate to our intuition or to shadows <laughs> or to our values. Right? So it can be on an inner level. Then we can constellate how we relate to other people, Mm -hmm. so interpersonal, specifically to our family, which is one, it has huge influences on our life, our family systems, but then also any groups, teams, organizations, communities, and society as a whole. So, it's ev- so so zooming in on uh, constellations allow us to zoom on, zoom in Sorry, on a specific place in these systems and gain clarity of what is. So it's not about prediction. We cannot predict what will happen. It's not mm-hmm. about putting our nose in somebody else's affairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we cannot do that. So we cannot, it, it's considered unhealthy and ethically incorrect to actually try to constellate something that doesn't relate to us. So so Uh we need to constellate things that are more close to us. I mean, it's possible to be done, but um, I've never tried it. But some people were saying that um, in addition to being unethical, the system might not open to us. Mm -hmm. most probably so if it's not uh kind of our job to to look at that yeah um
0: i have the same experience natalia when i do intuitive readings for people mm -hmm. and i'll perhaps using the tarot or you know maybe i'll look at astrology but mostly using tarot and, and intuitive psychic work so what doesn't work is if someone comes to me and asks me to look in somebody else's psychic sock drawer, is what yes. I say. Yeah. It's none it's it's not an area that I will go unless I have permission from that person. I always I can look at it in terms of how the situation is affecting the person that's coming to me, the client, but I won't look at another person's psyche.
1: Yes. So it's mm-hmm. absolutely the same principle, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, So through systemic, because, uh, I mean, we're giving kind of the framework, but probably if somebody has never been part of systemic constellation, they would still not be able to understand. So what are we actually talking about? So I want to try to explain it even simpler. Um, So usually a constellation starts with a question, so something maybe we're experiencing some challenge or we have some question. So along that question, we define which are the other systems involved. So what are the elements basically that we want to look into? And then, we, we, so basically this is where we would zoom in. So, so we choose these elements and then we explore the relationship between these elements. So it's another way of saying we get to a level of deeper, I call it going to a deeper level of knowing without thinking. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. We, direct, we knowing. Direct, direct knowing.
1: Yeah, some people call it embodied sensing. So, mm-hmm. so we are actually using our body as an instrument to connect to a field of information, which exists between us, between any parts of any living system. Usually we tap into like a normal person who has no such practices, taps into this field of information through intuition. And most people know what intuition is. So they've, had moments of making decisions based on intuition, or at least we may not have had the courage to follow of intuition, but we've had this inner feeling of um, deeper knowing, that's coming out of as if from nowhere. So mm-hmm. for me, constellations are like kind of a method, instead of waiting for this intuition to come, to actually explore specific aspects of this information, which exists in the field, let's call it. Um, That's
0: that's what we would call the morphic field. Yes. That Rupert Sheldrake talked about, I believe. The morphic field, which is a resonant field that contains the information of the whole. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that when we do the constellations, we see the relationships, the accurate relationships in present time of the relationships between elements in the field, whether that's yes. generational, ancestral, yes. global, organizational, familial, societal, and you can constellate, like you said, anything. You can constellate yeah. the, organ, the the way that a company is set up or the way that two nations are at war and what is the actual dynamic. What is the actual dynamic going on under the surface? So that's what I find most interesting about the work that you're doing is that when we work together with societal constellations, we can see what is going on truly underneath the what we read about in the news or what we yes. think we know about a certain situation.
1: Yes. And, and, and that, helps should, us, mm-hmm.
0: that helps us individually because then and then societally because then I have the information of the current reality as it is being presented. I have that information in my body mind. I have that information now. And that does give me a sense of clarity and a sense of peace. And it also, and and I know that you'll talk about this, it's always evolving. It's always changing and unfolding.
1: Yes. Absolutely. So, so that's one thing to always remember that we're tapping into a specific moment and depending on how we, what question we ask and what elements we choose, we're gonna see different parts of information. Uh, Also, what we see is dependent also on our readiness to see. So if we're not ready to see certain aspects, uh, for example, in family systems, there's a lot of trauma. So, So there are things that happen, somebody got killed, some baby didn't get born or, or was killed or died. So, so all this creates trauma that's being transferred through generations. So sometimes the system might not open another layer if if the person is not ready. Mm. So 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 somehow there is this wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that information is presented to you to the level that you are ready to take, which I it's fascinating. Yeah, that Listen. is fascinating.
0: So, so how does this work? I mean, I I know personally, but I I would love for you to explain it. If if I was to come to you as a client, let's say for example, if I had um, some family problem going on, uh, some problem in relationships, uh, let's say. Uh, what, how would I work with you on that? What would happen? I mean, if we were in person, there's one way. And if I'm on the computer, what what what, what do you do?
1: Yeah, so, so usually first we either talk or sometimes I send a written questionnaire that the person needs to fill in. And this questionnaire is both for me and for the person because sometimes all the information that's important, it's not always in our minds. So so we've also uh, suppressed some things that we don't want to think about. A lot of us have family issues that we want to neglect and move on, right? Especially Mm -hmm. when we are older. uh, So so sometimes it takes this little preparation to, to actually... Think about, have there been big losses in the family? Have there been people have, that maybe have been um, um, excluded? So that's a big issue. If somebody has been excluded or maybe some order. So by the way, I'm opening parentheses here. One of the um, contributions of Hellinger is that he came with the so-called orders of love. So he found out that there are free laws of any family system, which actually a part of any other systems as well. Um, it's the order of belonging. So everybody has the right to belong, that, that's one. So when we exclude somebody, neglect somebody, the system reacts in certain ways. And until we, we cannot fully have a healthy system or healthy human being unless we restore whatever order of belonging was neglected. Okay. Uh, the The second order is of hierarchy. Um. So basically, hierarchy, hierarchy? hierarchy, hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm not pronouncing it right. Yeah. So, um. It's the importance of understanding that there's certain orders. So, for example, kids come after parents because parents have been here before us and in a system that matters. In an organization, it's important that there was an initial founder. Then there is leaders who came. Maybe at some point the, the original founder uh, uh, is not there anymore, but for a healthy system we need to recognize the order we need to recognize who came before that whom. and we often mess up with that order so so sometimes we as children we say i don't i mean we, we behave as if we as if we're the big one we're we bigger than our parents and that also creates problems because our parents are big the big ones we're the small ones when it comes to our parents because. We were the kids. It doesn't matter how wise and smart we become. We're still the small one compared to the parent because it's not about wisdom or intelligence or anything like that. It's about order of arriving Mm -hmm. into the system. Okay. And especially in in both family systems and organizations, this could be very important. And then the order of giving and receiving. So... There needs to be a balance of giving and receiving. And if we, um, one of the most, by the way, on all these orders, we have some, there are some common misunderstandings um, or mistakes that we do. For example, in giving and receiving, I know I've met a lot of amazing people in my life that are very much focus on giving. Mm-hmm. And this is considered a good thing, right? So, so, and it is a good thing. Uh, but if we're not receiving, we're stopping life. Got it. So in, you need to have reciprocity, not always immediately, not always exactly the same thing, but we need to be able to receive and give. And very often we are blocked from receiving and mm-hmm. then we want to give, but it doesn't work. And and, and very often we're frustrated because we um, uh, we want to give. That's part of our sense of um, meaning, of being mm-hmm. alive and being able to contribute. But if we're close for receiving, we're stopping the process and it's very frustrating. So. Sorry for going there, but I realized that's actually very critical Uh in understanding um, both contribution of Hellinger, but also that there's some wisdom that comes from this work and it's growing because there are many practitioners working with these things. so I'd like to say something
0: about yes, that. Um, mm-hmm. So, with the constellations, what I'm hearing you say with these three laws or orders, you said, but they're kind of principles: belonging, hierarchy, and giving and receiving. What I'm hearing you say, I believe, is that a constellation can show us how how um, how balanced, or I don't know if "balanced" is really the right word, but healthy or unhealthy a particular configuration is with regard to holding these three principles in mind so if one of the elements is out of order it's something is not allowed to belong whether it's good bad ugly indifferent whatever or if something is um uh not being recognized for its order of appearing like the founder of a country or something like that or founder of an organization or a family. Mm-hmm. And then this giving and receiving is like, you know, I, I studied environmental science. And so we used to draw up all kinds of charts and flow charts with directionality. And so you'd see positive and negative flow in the system, whether it's an ecosystem, a waterway, you know, an electrical system. So that's what the grid is that I'm hearing you describe in these are the three principles, like almost scientific principles that we would be working with. I also want to say that, and I have my own experience with Constellation, which comes from the Hellinger line, um, but I was very, uh, because I also come from a German family, and I know that Hellinger originally worked with a lot of people in Germany after World War II, into the next generation, and there was some very deep, deep, deep clearing on all levels, which transformed over a few decades, several decades. And that work is still continuing and really is needed, even especially now. So um, I wanted to mention that, that, that part of the, from my understanding, part of the main focus that Hellinger was doing in the beginning of his work was in Germany after World War II, isn't that right?
1: uh definitely in Germany it's not immediately after the war but dealing with the consequences of the war yes so, so you're absolutely right next generations next, uh, yeah this is generations exactly I've also been part in like last year for example in the constellations where it was a German woman we were doing a her constellation and I ended up Representing a prop like something that was initially not defined, what it is. So, it, there was an element that was coming that was not defined. So, I represented it, and it turned out at the end that I'm representing the Nazi regime actually. And there was so much healing and so much, so many things that happened, but it was a very heavy constellation. Um, magic things happen in constellations. For example, for some reason, that day I was with black and red, like it was exactly, I looked like the Nazi (laughs) flag. It was Mm -hmm. like, it just, things like that happen. that somehow there is some um, association or some, I don't know, some way the system expresses some things that need to come visible and it finds way to express it so sometimes it's like i've seen a bird coming on the window of somebody participating i mean all kinds of magic things have, i've seen
0: um that would go along with the principle of synchronicity
1: absolute. in terms of yes.
0: yeah Jung so, so if so, thank you for giving us those three laws or mm-hmm. orders and uh and so a person comes to you with a particular issue, yes. you have them answer some questions, and then uh you either choose how do you choose people or place uh, figures to represent the elements that the person is bringing to you? What happens next,
1: yes. yes. So here, the next step very much depends on whether, uh, so basically we need to choose the representatives of these elements. And it very much depends on whether, um, so sometimes I do it only with one person and we use some uh, physical representation of uh, the elements. Mm-hmm. or we can even better is when we have a group of people. So we have actual people representing the different elements. So what happens is once a person starts representing certain elements, there's information that gets kind of downloaded in the person. And all of a sudden, he's experiencing, so information is coming through their body experiences and through also insights that go through their mind, which actually are not coming from the person themselves, but from the element they represent. And they, when we have several people representing several elements, all of a sudden they start interacting with each other and um, they behave and represent the elements they they, uh, represent. What is interesting in this situation, in this moment, is the differentiation between uh, our mind and our heart,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: or, mm-hmm. or I can say the mind and the soul. So, in the insights which are coming, so the wisdom that comes from the field, or the deeper knowing that comes from the field, um, comes in very short sentences, they're not even sometimes sentences. There's there's like this sense of something, and it's very short. So mm-hmm. the moment somebody starts to- talking long stories and making stories, this is the mind making the stories. Okay. Uh,
0: I don't know what's happening. Somebody was calling me. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> no, don't I don't know how that happened. I
0: apologize. No problem. No problem. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's part of the constellation.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it is. Sometimes actually this happens. Somebody's somebody mother
0: is calling. <laughs>
1: So so I want to say that, you know,
0: th- this is burning for me. So I want to say like, um, family constellations is we're talking about family constellations as an example of something that we would also apply to with regard to an organization or a global situation. So the principles overlap. But one of the things that was, and you can tell me what you think of this, Natalia, that, um, it's very different. There, Some people have heard of psychodrama. Have oh, you heard yes. of that? Yes. Yes, exactly. So that's where you would pretend that you were in a particular role. Okay. This is not what we're talking about. The other thing that is, 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 some people have heard of in family therapy, uh, Virginia Satir used to do something called family sculpting, which is the same yes. thing of putting people into positions of being the child or the mother and seeing how awkward this looks or how uncomfortable this looks. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about something that happens totally organically in the representative or the subject of the constellation. And in my experience and being a part of constellations uh, representing roles or myself, it is to me, it's a shamanic, if I can say that word, experience. I actually feel a quickening in my body, whether it's a positive or negative change. I feel I might feel nausea. I might feel upset. I might feel angry. I might feel joy. I might feel like running around the room, but I feel it completely psychosomatically. or I'm sorry, somatically, even if I have no idea what or who I am representing, yes, I have absolutely. no preconceived agenda of how I am supposed to be in that moment. And that information that comes through me is what is giving us the clearer picture of the reality at the moment.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So two things I want to build on what you're saying. Um, absolutely there's no acting and even i've seen situations where people think they can act but it's very fast it just doesn't work because it comes through you so strongly that you cannot uh, not take it into consideration so to say so even if you i've seen situations where people kind of uh with their mind trying to do something or to be interesting. But it just doesn't work very fast. It, it's cleared out. Because the information that comes is so strong. The other thing which I want you to, you use the word shamanic, and I absolutely agree. But I want to bring some, and I'm very interested to hear your opinion on this. But my personal opinion is in constellations, we are opening up, to use innate capabilities which every single human being has which are the same which a shaman will have the difference is the shaman for me has developed them and has been open to them and has been using them for a long time so it's like um it's like I can say everybody can learn to play the violin, but not everybody will, right? So, 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 so it's the same here. It's it's something we can do, or even not the violin, like dancing. Everybody can dance beautifully, but not everybody will. So, so it's about both practice, but it's also about openness. It's about letting go and. Um, allowing this flow to, to this information flow to go through you and, and being open and not judgmental and not skeptical and not cynical. So none of this, so you cannot approach with fear. So to me, this is one of the things. So I've, I've done now many constellations and I've had many cases where people come for for a first time. They've never been part of any such experience. I mean, I've done it, for example, in organizations where people are basically very traditional approach to everything. It still works because we have the capabilities. And for me, this is something that inspires me a lot. And it drives me in my work. We need to open to these capabilities. So we need to start using them. Because if we don't use them, they are actually... Uh, I'm not sure what's the right word in English, but when we don't use something, it it's, it, uh... sorry, I cannot hear you, I think, uh, yeah.
0: And we say that it atrophies.
1: Exactly, this is the word I was looking for, exactly, absolutely. So actually, we have allowed that to happen to a lot of our innate capabilities, which, for example, people... Mm-hmm hundred years ago, ago they were much more connected to nature to the universe to um, each other to to intergenerational aspects and we've allowed for the last especially 100 years since industrialization to say that we don't believe in anything which is not proven by science mm-hmm. and with that we have completely discarded Huge wisdom, huge wisdom. Thank God it's, it hasn't been so many generations. So a lot of this wisdom is, uh, is still among us and there's enough people who are carrying it. Um, but we today it's especially important that we open up to these innate capacities because I call them our human advantage. So in today's world, um, we're very concerned about technology, about artificial intelligence, right? Because if you're somebody who has built an identity out of the fact, for example, your doctor with a lot of experience working with really, you worked long nights, studied a lot. I mean, it's very heavy studying. You you have a lot of experience. You're really dedicated to your patient. So you've become a really good expert in something. And all of a sudden now, artificial intelligence can already diagnose some medical diseases better than doctors, right? So if your identity is totally related to that, and you don't understand the rest of what makes you human and differentiates you from a machine, you're gonna be afraid of the machines because it threatens your identity.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so, great. So, to, so what you're saying to me is this your focus here with the human advantage is to know thyself. Yes. And then when you know put, yourself, yes. <laughs> which is know thyself, I think that was on the oracle of Delphi in Greece. I'm not sure, but know thyself. When we know ourselves, we feel less threatened.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we owe it to ourselves and to the future generations to open up to our full human capacities and really tap into them. And it's not that, I mean, it's kind of very close to us, but at the same time far. And I'm going to give an example of what I'm saying. So I have done a lot of research in the field of leadership development because this was part of, at one point of time, this is what I was doing. So I was uh, interested to help organizational leaders to lead better organizations, create and lead better organizations. So I did a lot of research. And if you go deeper, a lot of um, great leaders with big successes, when you really read, they talk about intuition. So they say that at the end, the best decisions, best hunches were not because of education, preparedness, research, all of the traditional ways in which we think about these things. They came as intuition. Mm-hmm. And so, so we know that the greatest leaders and greatest artists uh, work out of intuition. We know that. We, mm-hmm. we we respect artists which are working from their soul and heart, right? Yes. But somehow we've come to think that it's traditional jobs. We're not supposed to use intuition. And we don't know how to use intuition. And we want quantitative proofs to, to be able to take a decision in organization. And artificial intelligence is thousand times better than us in quantitative way of uh, processing big amounts of data and reaching some conclusions. So we cannot beat beat it. Uh, But what machines cannot beat us at is being human and being a spiritual being and having a soul and a heart, having consciousness. Uh, And for me, this is something We need to start studying in first grade in school.
0: Wow. Well, now you're really getting me happy and excited. This is is my terrain. This this makes me feel very happy to hear that you're working with this. I mean, I feel it in my heart. And, I mean, an easy example would be... um, I think is was it in science? Was it Louis Pasteur that had the dream about pneumonia? Or I'm sorry, um, um the well, it's it's the scientists that had the dream about the um penicillin.
1: Yes, I think he, he, he was totally coincidental. Uh, somehow it was, maybe it was a synchronicity, but he found it. he did But it's exactly what I'm thinking.
0: Oh, okay, but there are other examples, maybe Marie Curie, you know, we're talking about these scientists that have dreams around these particular situations and then they come back in the day, and the next day, and there it's all laid out to us. And this That's is true. access. This is what the Aborigines have used this is what you were talking about with how Hellinger with regard to the Zulu, you know, and and that's the way that I operate. That's the way that I lived my entire life.
1: Entire or from one point on? It's interesting. (laughs) Only
0: in the present time.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. (laughs) What's that? That's a good answer,
0: <laughs> but it's the reality—the
1: yeah. entire
0: in the reality of the moment. That's the way that is being lived, right? Mm-hmm. So, thank you for that explanation of what you're calling the human advantage. It, it's very touching.
1: And and together with that, I want to. There was something else you said, and I wanted to add. So, I'm very much interested. To work with change makers, so people who want to see positive change in the world. But one thing um, I often joke that uh, I consider myself um, a recovering idealist. Uh, <laughs> and what I mean by that is I've realized that some of the ways in which me, but not just me, many people approach change, think of change, is uh, actually not working. So one of the things that fascinates me with systemic constellations is that um, you come to realize that even the smallest uh, intervention or even the smallest, even if you work on the level of one person and his or her problems or challenges, when you manage to integrate something maybe which was excluded when you manage to heal something that's been there for generations if you manage to um, restore balance you contribute to the whole system and there have been many proofs of that and that really inspires me because Often when we're thinking of change, we start thinking, oh my God, how do I, I mean, look at the whole world, look at how many, how do we change this, right? So, so it's very easy to lose hope, yeah. but actually living systems are organized in ways that it's a little bit like our body. So if something is wrong with our teeth, for example, sometimes it can lead to problems in our heart or in our blood or in so, so things are really connected and healing one thing actually allows the system to continue you you kind of open it up to continue healing itself so so you you deal with one stuckness um, mm-hmm. and and it it starts flowing through there so so it 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 finds this energy goes to other parts and it uh, yeah, it helps yeah. the whole system and the other thing which happens also in living system living systems is they are replicating successful um, things which reinforce life so when you like help something in the small part of the system. If that is a more life, good life enforcing thing, it gets replicated further. And that's so fascinating. And that kind of calms people like me down that we don't need always to look at, we don't need to do these big things like right now, like for example, I don't know, do a whole movement against the war that's going on and try to do something with that and influence politicians. We don't need to go that big. We have to do our part of the work. So it's Mm. kind of starting with us. So as we develop deeper awareness of what is, Mm -hmm. we we start approaching things from a different level. So we're kind of more... um, we we show up in a life-affirming way, which gets picked up, and it gets replicated. So actually, I've seen how change happens through changing ourselves. And I know this is a cliche that we repeat, but we don't always understand. The general way we approach change is we say, these are the bad guys they need to change and we Mm -hmm. point fingers to them so we don't understand that our state and whatever however we're showing up in the world contributes to whatever Mm -hmm. is happening in the world and the best way to change something in the whole world is by changing how we show up in the world
0: beautifully said and and I I don't use this word very often either this word hope it's not a word that I use very often because hope to me is something that is out there and I'm really only interested in what is happening here, it, oh, <laughs> in the yes. present time so but in 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 the interest of language, you know this this what you're saying is very hopeful and it does turn the focus from putting the blame or the emphasis out there on these, quote-unquote, leaders or people or bosses or family members and putting it back onto what we can relatively have some influence or control over, quote-unquote, which is our own beings. And there's a saying, as we do one thing, we do all things.
1: Absolutely. 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 Everything
0: shifts. And there's that beautiful quote, which I just pulled up, which I you reminded me of from uh, attributed to Chief Seattle, the Native American, which is man did not weave the web of life. He is merely a strand in it. Whatever he does to the web, he does to himself. So you can imagine this great big network, this be- beautiful net, this spider's web of the entire universe. And you're over here this little ladybug or or fly or spider on one part of that little web and you're doing your work and Absolutely. it's having this reverberation. So this is a really wonderful way to summarize what you have here to offer us and what this work has to offer us in terms of, uh, you said you were a recovering idealist. Do you want to say more about how you see that now as an idealist yes. or non-idealist or maybe you're a realist
1: <laughs> yeah I, do, I don't, uh, I like this recovery because it it shows the transformation that has been happening with me so, so right now I don't want to put a word on what I am but um, mm-hmm. um, the reason I'm saying it like that is because we often and we, we do it with good heart in general, but we have this um idea of what's the best for the world and others. So so we we wanna see a more just world, we wanna see so so we it's all these good things, but we come from the perspective that we know what's the best for others, and we then put ourselves to work together with others to bring that idea that we believe in to make others follow it. So it can be, whatever it is, equality, I I can bring all these words, actually values that we're using, like uh, democracy, equality, diversity, a a lot of words. Uh, And I'm saying words because they're not real values. They, They are now i'm opening another yeah but that's an
0: interesting point they're not real values they are ideas or concepts or what is it
1: i call them flags so we wave them and we say we're doing this in the name of democracy and then under it we actually sometimes doing a war in the name of democracy right
0: got it okay
1: so actually our value is war it's not democracy i mean it doesn't matter in the name of what we do it it more matters what are we doing now so we're killing people so we think that we can heal people in the because we think that our idea of democracy for example is correct right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the opposite way of doing this is not to take ourselves as the center of wisdom but to approach a situation with from a state of not knowing and a state of curiosity to explore opposite, I mean people close to us but also opposite to us opinion. Like for example, Gabor Mate who I uh, really love his work uh, lately. Uh, I listened to part of something he was talking about, the conflict now. Uh, And he came up with these books. So I'm planning to go back to that recording because he was showing very interesting books about the conflict, Israel and Palestine. But what I saw him do is he said, okay, I recommend this book, which is from an Israeli author, but I recommend this book also, which is from a Palestinian author. Mm-hmm. And they were so powerful. like, Like, so when we are idealizing one version we close to the rest of the opinions and we try to uh, make people agree to our truth and that's never for good i mean we may think we're doing things for good but they're never for good so somehow uh, so idealism for me it's the opposite to the state of not knowing so it's, it's kind of state of humbleness and willingness to observe and explore. Beautiful. And this is what we need to do now. And we need to do all our resources to get a better knowledge of the world because the stories we've been telling us, and I can start with communism and capitalism from first experience, and go all the way to organizations and motivation of people and everything. It's stories and they are not the full truth. So we live in stories we've made. And because we're so busy, because everything is so complex, we use these shortcuts. Okay, somebody said like that, so it must be like that. So I'm taking it for granted, but, as we build all this, we actually live in some made up world. And what I love about constellations is we move beyond the stories into really feeling what is, and it, on a level that doesn't lie. And that fascinates me. And one more thing that we didn't say connected to that. So the societal constellations that we do uh, together uh, as you know, we do them blind in the beginning, and we do it on purpose because there's so much stories that are coming from our brain that sometimes they prevent us from fully connecting to this embodied sense, uh, like this sensing which happens through our body and this uh, uh, wisdom and insights that come, uh, we suppress them with the stories or we, we make up additional story. So when we do blind constellation, it means that the people representing certain elements in the system do not know who they are representing. And in this way, they cannot make stories with their mind. Um, so for me, this is one of the biggest, and it doesn't matter on what level of the system we go. So from society to, to the inner, personal things there are always stories which are part of our upbringing part of our education systems um a lot of a lot of them some of them might be true some are not true and some are really not true <laughs> so, so there's all kinds of uh things like the funniest example is just you just remember something I actually started connecting stories of stupidities we've come to believe and repeat globally (laughs) without knowing why we're repeating. So the funniest example so far I've heard is why does the whole world think, okay, almost the whole world, (laughs) keep saying for now years that breakfast is the most important meal of the day? You know that story, right? Yeah, but please, it's good. <laughs> it's uh, so so. This was actually created by a dietitian who worked very closely with Kellogg's, the company Kellogg's, and it was part of a marketing campaign in order to sell more cereals. Mm-hmm. And then we bought into it, yeah. So so we started repeating it. <laughs> so so this is one story, not very funny because generations have been fed like that. And I mean, doctors have been repeating this. I've had, I mean, I've seen parents pushing food in their kid's mouth and telling them you're not going to get from the table unless you eat this because breakfast is the most important uh, meal of the day. So what we do, it's a child, we are damaging his his or her natural ability to know what's right for them Mm -hmm. uh, by pushing something that actually started as a commercial. And the examples are many. So we live in a world made of stories, and they are breaking up because we live first because of the huge information that's coming from the internet. So, So we've never had so much information. And second, because we live in times of transformation. So the stories are cracking and kind of, uh, we keep seeing the the falseness. Uh, And in systemic constellations, you don't have that. You just tap on a different level. And what's also interesting, once you go to this deeper level of knowing, you actually then show up from a different level of consciousness next in the world so, so whatever you do next you're showing up in a different way so the 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 tapping into deeper knowing itself opens up change in a very natural way you don't need to uh, whatever push people to change it just happens
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I think is, that's a but, really
0: good I'm sorry, please finish no, your no, go,
1: ahead. Go,
0: go ahead. Well, I think that's a really good point because what I wanted to ask is two things. One is, you know, what would I know for myself, but for someone who's listening, what would how would this benefit me? I mean, maybe of course I want to help uh raise consciousness on the planet and um, you know, maybe I want more peace or or uh, more equity or something like that. But, so that's obvious. Like you're, you've shared with us how we can participate in these constellations to to see the reality underneath the propaganda uh, and other stories. Um, what I wanted to hear from you and I know from my own experience um, is how will that also affect me personally? If I'm participating, in these groups or with the constellations, what does this do for me? And that's where I think you were going with that.
1: Yeah, so, so so there are a couple of things here. So first of all, if you work on a personal level, on your own issues, it allows you step by step to remove everything that's preventing you from living a joyful prosperous, happy life. I'm not saying it happens magically with one step, but compared to every other method, it actually um, we have these big big bigger jumps. So sometimes for example, for example, I was working once with an organization where we were struggling with some things for a an year and a half. And then we did a constellation with the manager, the director with whom I was working. And it turned out the problem is in a completely different pace And it was in her face because it turned out to be her own limiting beliefs and things she, she personally is experiencing from other things in her life, which are then influencing the whole organization. So for a year and a half, we were spending money and resources of dealing with things in the team that were useless. I mean, they were not totally useless. I mean, we contributed, but they were not solving the actual problem because the actual problem was with the person. So I'm just giving this as an example that when we start addressing, so all of us have such stucknesses, they very often come with either stuckness. So in other words, we, we cannot, something is not working in our life. For example, money is not falling mm. or we keep getting sick or um, we keep running in the same problem. So, so for example, we keep changing jobs, but we always end up having the same problem with colleagues or the same problems with bosses. So these are all examples of systemic issues. So, so everything which we a kind of aware that we have a problem that's diminishing the quality of our life. We've tried to do something about it, but we couldn't. Like like we made some progress, but nothing spectacular. All of these things are worth to be looked through the eyes of, um, not through the eyes, but with the help of systemic constellations, and they help. For example, I worked with one uh, woman recently she came from, to me because she had problems with certain things related to her work, her ability to communicate and present. Uh, it was some specific things she, she was experiencing. And we traced them back to things that were happening in her family that needed to be healed and integrated. And then she could do the rest. So, so. So it's a little bit like symptoms versus actual problems.
0: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm.
1: So very often, for example, the most common thing we spend money is on improving communication skills or improving presentation skills. This is very kind of typical training in companies and individually. But very often, this is a symptom and there's another uh, issue that needs to be dealt with and if that gets healed or integrated or whatever put the right order is Mm -hmm. uh, re uh, uh, what's the word re-established then these other issues uh, uh, take care of themselves
0: yes that's Uh,
1: beautiful
0: (laughs) I, i think that's one of the things that i've Said for myself around business, having come from a business background, and uh, also amongst other backgrounds, uh, is that so much of business, if not all of it, in terms of decision making and uh, career and money and so forth, it's all emotional. I mean, you can call it emotional. There's something emotional underneath. And so, as as an intuitive or an intuitive, when I've done coaching in the past, I am feeling on a deeper level sort of like as you're talking about with constellations, I'm feeling into the emotional body of the person. And I'm looking, I'm looking for that imbalance sort of as like an integrative medicine doctor would. And once I can tap into that with the individual, it releases much faster, if not instantly to really get to the core of what is this situation? What is this person so deeply upset about? And like you said, could have absolutely nothing to do. Usually 90% of the time has nothing to do with what we think it's about, right? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, and uh, so we spend tons of time uh, unhappy, unfulfilled, not being able to realize our full potential not able to experience joy uh, and it's all connected to these deeper issues and we we are just it it always reminds me with my migraine so i i was uh, started a migraine when i was 20 years old and in those years People didn't know, know as much about migraine as we know today. But basically, throughout the years that followed, both me and doctors, the only thing they were trying to deal with is symptoms. And nobody really worked in what is causing these headaches. And as I was developing through life, I actually realized that there are five or six things that trigger my headaches. And unless mm-hmm. I deal with them, I'm never going to... So if I look at it as something that's happening just in my head and just take painkillers, I'm going to live for the rest of my life with my migraine, which is what a lot of people did. And actually, right. I did a bigger part of my life. And it's still I'm still working on that. But mm-hmm. but it's much, much, much less. So, so it's the same with, do we want to live with pain with uh, blockages and not being able to fully enjoy life and relationships or do we want to look for new ways of unleashing um whatever is stopping us and I, i like i love that you brought example from your experience because i feel that what you do and what constellations do it's tapping into the same things. It just uses a bit different approaches. I don't know. Do you agree with that? It's at the end. It's um, it's not the same, but it's.
0: Mm. It's, it's with, uh, different applications for sure. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't in my own personal, for professional um experience and my spiritual teaching experience, uh, I don't do the same kind of work that a constellation would do, especially with regard to, um, I would say a family uh, epigenetic ancestral situation. That's that's something that I would come to a constellation for. It's just such, it's more powerful. Uh, it's just a more powerful tool um, so and I also just to kind of this might be a good way for us to start wrapping up this portion of the conversation today um, and bringing it back to where we began, this power of people coming together online and doing the systemic work or societal work or even work around health and wellness, like you use the example about food and breakfast and you know, real, real bodily needs. But anyway, my point is, is that I felt very inspired to have you here today so that my readers, my listeners could get to know you. And I think you, you might say something about how they could find you to work with you. And as part of this global group of people that is doing very powerful work, um, and also that they could potentially reach out to you. And you can tell me if this is accurate, if they have one of these pressing issues in their work or their organization, or in their personal family history. would Can you tell us a little bit more about how people can find you, work with you, avail themselves of this incredible tool?
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's, uh, it's a real, real pleasure to be here and having this conversation with you. So thank you also for the opportunity to connect with your uh, listeners and your uh, network. So people can find me by, I think if they Google my name, I will come out. But I also have a website, which is myname.com. So it's nataliablagoeva.com. Uh On the website, I have the different things I do. So individual, then group, and then societal. Uh, So basically, uh, if they want to do something personal, they need to connect with me. Uh, And I work across the world. So as we said several times, I do it virtually. So there's no restrictions in that sense. Uh, I can work with anybody. By the way, I wanted just for curiosity to show you something that you haven't seen I also work with what we call table constellations so I did these are some oh, figures wow. that can be used and they can be used also virtually so what we use with you is a virtual system that we see on the computer but it could be done also with figures okay so these are, Those are beautiful and I've I mean they could be any figures uh but I've used this because I really like them more Mm-hmm. T- they're not specific and they allow the imagination to connect more because sometimes people use, I don't know, figures with faces and hairs and stuff, and uh, they're more too specific to me. I like here the creativity. So I just wanted to say that Thank this you. is how, for example, uh, somebody can say, okay, these are the uh, uh, elements. So we agree with them what are the elements we're going to be using. And then Mm -hmm. they choose, uh, I have a much bigger variety of figures and people can choose. So they can say, okay, this is the first element and they place it somewhere. And step by step, they place all the elements. uh, And then interactions start happening, relationships appear and uh, yeah, we get to this deeper knowing, and we get this to this new level of information. So I just wanted to to show that this have is you been using things.
0: those figures for very long?
1: Not very long, because
0: I, I'm I'm just uh, feeling an incredible amount of energy in the field from those figures. I mean, I'm I'm emotional just looking at them.
1: mm. That's why I liked them. There are many figures. Some people use more kind of Lego type of uh, figures. I just loved these. I connected to them a lot also uh, mm-hmm. when I saw them because there's something, I don't know, there's something deep in, the, in them. So so I uh, I like them. So so actually in our group, I think we should experiment also with doing this instead of uh, the usual way in which we do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So in terms of where people, I mean, I kind of didn't finish with um, where people can find me. So there is also a um, platform we use for a community, which we call Heart to Heart Online. So in this community, this used to be a very big community. So we were several thousand people. So it was Hmm. more like the way Facebook groups are, all kinds of people. But we are now less people. So we, we... size on purpose went down hmm. and we are now more groups of people interested in working on different projects so one of the projects we're working on is uh i have my own co- uh, podcast which is called vanilla Wits, with two other women from america and indonesia we i have a group of women from canada united states india and me uh which we're working on what we call Change Whisperer Learning Journeys, which are journeys designed to address the needs of change makers in different stages of their uh, journey. So they're divided into becoming, activation, impact, and mastery. So they're in a process, some of them are developed and ready and others are being uh, developed right now. It's gonna take, it's a bigger process. And Mm -hmm. possibly ending with, if somebody chooses with a certification, which is called becoming a change whisperer, uh, master change whisperer, sorry. So these would be people who would then be certified to do this program with other people. So, So this is something we're doing. And again, in the same community online, it's a global group of people. We have the Heart Whispers Circle of Trust which is where we do the societal uh, transformations uh, with you, where you're a member as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is called Heart to Heart Online, but it might be easier to find it through my own website. Yeah, uh, and I'll put
0: all of this information in the show notes. And I just will say, just for once, heart okay. dash to dash heart dot Online. And Natalia Blagova is N-A-T-A-L-I-A-B-L-A-G O E V A dot com. And I wanted to just also reflect again to you, Natalia, that when you were show, when you were sharing around the change whispers and the women in these different countries, and of course, you know I have a deep connection to India. Um, but just every time you talk about these international networks whether it's women or change makers or your podcast vanilla weeds which is um, which is um, also for women around the world I'm just my heart just just expands with joy and that's one of the things the reasons that is one of the reasons why I continue to be a part of your Heart Whispers group, the Circle of Trust for the Societal Constellations, is that I feel uh, a word, and and I don't use very often either, is love. Um, I feel love. I feel love with this group of people.
1: Thank you so much. And And I feel uh, love
0: for you. And I'm so grateful that we found each other, that we met.
1: Oh, it's absolutely mutual. And it's just... um... I couldn't agree more that the feeling is of love, and what's really amazing with most of it—I mean, with you and most of these people—we've never met physically. Uh, we don't know details about our lives. We almost—we know very little about our lives, but we connect heart to heart. Mm-hmm. And we experience, so this connections heart to heart. For me personally, they've given me a completely new understanding of what consciousness means, oneness, love. Uh, these big words that we use regularly, but I know now what they mean in a... Um, embodied maybe way I don't know like in a really <laughs> if you can say it um, and I feel so fortunate about that. And uh, to me, every time we connect in each group we connect, we change something big in the world. Mm-hmm. just because we experience love and connection in a profound way uh And that changes something that, that changes how we continue our lives but also every time integrates and heals something a little more in the world. It, it's it's very minimal, right when but, but but somehow it builds up and uh it's beautiful, it's beautiful. I've
0: seen huge impacts from our some of our constellations that we've done together where within a matter of days something will happen in a shared organization or in the global community and you can feel and see that somehow it it was related or we might have even had some form of an impact in some small way or a big way on the unfolding or and or the way that we work with the situation for ourselves. And so that has always, that improves my quality of life. And when my quality of life improves, then I definitely am better able to uh, be a positive healing influence in the world.
1: And that's one of my biggest motivations for this work because I've seen over and over again, how a two hour session individual can change, like, two hours. Like, imagine how little time this is in, in, in view of, like, one of the people I worked with recently, she's been having some challenges in her whole life. Like, they they make her life bitter. And then two hours, and then something switches, and she has a completely different relationship. Uh, I've seen with... Um, also because i myself use a lot of constellations um i've what you're saying i absolutely have seen proofs of physical changes in the world with people who have not been at the constellation directly impacted Mm -hmm. i've seen this in my family Mm -hmm. i've seen it um um on societal things, I mean, I've seen it in on many levels. So, so for me, it's unquestionable. I uh, Yes. It, it, it works. <laughs> it does. Works.
0: It does. So I would like to say that I feel that this con- this conversation will continue in some way, shape, or form. And I do hope for those who are watching or listening that you do reach out to Natalia, uh, visit Heart to Heart online or visit her website website. And if you feel drawn to working with her personally, please do contact her. Or if you'd like to start to participate in the global community, please do do reach out on that platform. And thank you again, Natalia, for being my guest today. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing for our world. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Erin, and it's very, it's very mutual. Like every single word you say, I I can repeat it for you. I'm really grateful <laughs> to know you. I'm really grateful for the work you do. I'm really grateful also for the uh, support and help and the contribution in general to the systemic constellations and the group we have there. And I'm actually excited for what's ahead. <laughs> There's lots Great. of magic in the beautiful future. well you we need, need that right it. Now. what's we that need it. we just need to allow it okay
0: all right well I'm all for that let's allow okay <laughs> Natalia thank you very much we'll see you again
1: thank you Adam.
0: okay bye bye